Well, hi. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight, we're going to talk about the season begins. And that might change. We'll see. But uh, um, I think we should kind of say why we haven't been on podcast for a little while. If you are following us, you notice that uh, we haven't had one for a few weeks. And there's a really good reason for that. Yeah, I got uh, I got COVID. <clears throat> Excuse me, and spent ten days in the ICU, and now I'm at home on an oxygen and an oxygen tube. So I won't, I probably won't be talking quite as much as usual. But uh, that's our reasoning uh, that we just haven't had the opportunity to come forward. Yeah, and we almost lost him. So he he's not saying how serious it was. His organs started to shut down, and. But God showed us mercy, and we got to keep him around for a while longer. And I am thankful because Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon would be not Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon anymore. <laughs> so, um, but we're going to talk about, I want to kind of talk about how uh, Shannon mentioned, uh, preached preached for the first time after this COVID stuff this last Sunday on Luke 1. And I just think it's a great thing for us to talk about. So maybe I should just read some of it. First. Yeah, when we get into Luke 1 here, um, Luke 1 is what is traditionally read at Christmas services and um, Christmas Eve services, things like that. Uh, Luke 1 is where Luke writes about the birth of Christ. But we're talking before not, that. Oh, the beginning. Before the beginning. The, right. the pregnancy of yes. the birth of Christ. Okay. We're going to actually talk about the time before that. We're going to back it up just a little bit. And this part of Luke 1 is oftentimes overlooked. It's not uh, not part of any Christmas plays or anything like that. It should be, though. But it is a very important part of the story. And it, uh, as Luke 1 being the first chapter of Luke, with the beginning of the New Testament, in Luke's eyes, as he reported it, um, it's the beginning of the story, and it is... It's important, or it wouldn't be there. So should I read it? Yeah, go ahead and start. Okay. This is from the the Message Bible. Okay, 5 through 7. Okay. During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive, and now they were quite old. Okay, so this is, um, it talks, several things are mentioned here. First of all, they're a couple, they're both descendants of Aaron. Um, They are beyond childbearing years. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, And they did not have any children, even though they were doing everything right, basically. They were living blamelessly before God, they were righteous. <coughs> and I like, in those days, it it was considered a, an unfortunate thing, something that was shameful because they did not have children. And I do like how Luke made sure that we knew it had nothing to do with what they did. Right. They were totally righteous before God. Yeah. So it wasn't their fault they didn't have children. But it was a, a thing, in that, especially in society at the time, uh, that's the end of the family line. Yeah. And this is a this is a priestly family that would not have any anyone to pass it on to. I do want to bring up. It's a sad thing. Yeah, and now they were quite old. And why don't you bring up that how old we think they probably were? 
Okay. And I think there's there's biblical basis for what we feel. So yeah, there's a lot of debate um, about the age of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Um, but if you go into Numbers 8, it says that a Levitical priest will serve from the age of 25 to the age of 50. And the reason for that, of course, being that it was a very physical job. You may have the job of, of doing all the slaughtering during the, the sacrifices, things like that. So that a Levitical priest would work from 25 to 50. And we know that at this time, Zechariah was still in service. He hadn't... Um, retired yet but it was close so we know that they probably Zechariah was probably 50 and if you think about it um, at the time with the uh, medicine and the science and the technology and everything that they had at that time that is fairly old so okay. I'm sure life expectancy was not that great well the Bible is always true so does that mean it says they were quite old that we are quite old me being 52 and you being 53 I don't know. Should I read? Go farther. Yeah, go farther. <laughs> it's so, I sometimes feel very old. Um, it so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear, but the angel reassured him, Don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You're going to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy, and not only you, many will delight in his birth. He'll achieve great stature with God. He'll drink neither wine nor beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah, soften the hearts of parents to children, and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. Zechariah said to the angel, Do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man, and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel. The sentinel of God sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. Do you want me to keep reading? No, that's all right. Yeah. Let's stop there. Let's pause there. I just love this story. There's some interesting things going on right here. Um, I... I I think it's interesting. He says, your prayer has been answered. And I, I would imagine if I was Zachariah at this point in my life, I would think, uh, what prayer? Yeah. Which one? Maybe he had prayed that he could finally go into the sanctuary. Yeah, because you know? when he, <clears throat> excuse me, when he drew the lot to go in, that was a once in a career thing. And yeah. it wasn't guaranteed you get to do it. No, but you would, you would uh, like they would have like a bag of stones. And everything in there is black, and there's one white one. And you reach in and pull your stone out. Well, he'd been doing that for this long length of time and never drawn it before. And um, based on how many they would have, a lot of young men coming in, so they'd be, you were not guaranteed that you would ever get this. And so Zechariah, towards the end of his career, reaches in there and pulls out that stone and gets to so. do that special had that special time of burning incense. What do you and think he bowls. felt? I think he must have been so happy, but really scared. I don't know. Or nervous? Or Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Would he have been thrilled? 
I mean, it was a, such a high honor. It was a very high honor, and it, it came with a lot of preparation, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of prayer, a lot of things going on. It said people were standing outside. Everyone was standing around, uh, praying outside when he went in. <coughs> so this is a this is a very special time for Zechariah. It's a very sanctified time. It's a time when he is, for the first time in his life, walking into this place. He'd yeah. never been there before. You know, p- part of me thinks that a person might have gone to that choosing or whatever you call it when you draw the lots. Mm-hmm. And he probably thought, well, this is it. I'll never get it. Well, and he And he might have just, when it happened, just been but in the concept, shock. The concept behind drawing lots, and it happens a lot in the Levitical practices is that God will choose that way. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. God's choice. But um, we have to remember, Zechariah has never been in here before. True. He's never seen it before. He's told what to do. He's told what it looks like inside. Maybe somebody drew a picture or laid it out for him or something like that. But he'd never done it before. That's true. So never he walks in, in there. for the very first time. And when he walks up to the altar of incense, there's somebody standing there. Yeah. And it said, uh, when Zachariah saw me, he was startled and gripped with fear. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going in here. I'm going to light the incense. You have to do it in a certain way <coughs> and in just a certain way. And the expectation was if you do it wrong, you're probably going to be struck dead for doing it wrong. So he's in there trying to remember, okay, this is what I do first and this is what I do next. And then all of a sudden. And then somebody starts talking to him. There's a, someone standing there and starts talking to him. You know why they they make it clear that he says the angel of God stood to the right of the altar of incense. I wonder why he stood to the right of the altar of incense, or maybe angel of the Lord standing at the right of the altar of incense. I'm not sure why. It's interesting, but they did. He did bring Somebody that up. Somebody can research that and let he us know. He was startled and gripped with fear, and the angel says, "Don't be afraid," which is how most angels start their "Don't be afraid." That's one of the I first things they do. say. Yeah. Um, and he tells him that Elizabeth's going to have a son. And he talks about how he will go on before the Lord mm-hmm. in the spirit and power of Elijah. That has a huge significance. In Jewish tradition, Elijah is the prophet of the prophets. He is the, the one among one. He is the big guy. He mm-hmm. is the ultimate prophet. So when he says, with the power of Elijah, in the spirit and the power of Elijah, that is quite a, that is quite a statement. Mm-hmm. And... He says, your son is going to turn the hearts of the people to make them ready for the Lord. Man, I wonder. Well, when he got out, he couldn't talk. But he and Elizabeth went home and made a baby. And, oh, that's in the next part. doesn't quite say it that way, but that's what happens. And he must have somehow communicated it. Well, he communicated to Elizabeth because she knows that he's supposed to be named John. And he is... Um, an educated man. And she must be too, because... Well, she's from a Levitical yeah. household, so it's very possible that he could write and she could read, so they could communicate that way. True. I just thought it was... It was amazing when it says to prepare... Make a, ready a people prepared for the Lord. The um, Jewish people had been waiting for the Messiah mm-hmm. for all this time frame. You know, we, we see after Jesus is born, there's two elderly people saying, ah, aha, finally mm-hmm. I can die. I've seen seen the Messiah. 
So not only is he telling him he's going to have a son and what his son is going to do, but he's also telling him the Messiah is coming during his son's lifetime. The Messiah will appear. Wow! I hadn't thought about that. He's the first one to know. Well, yeah, because uh, Mary's not told yet, not for six months, mm-hmm. but um, he's the first one to be told right from an and angel. And they have been waiting that the Messiah is going to be coming. Time for the Messiah to come and. He just gets told that it's going to happen during his son's lifetime, which is an amazing thing to hear. It is amazing. But it's very interesting then. Um, read, the, read the next part. Okay. Uh, when he doesn't believe him? Yes. Okay. And again, this is the <clears throat> message translation. Zechariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel, the sentinel of God. Sent especially to bring I love that. this I news. am Gabriel, the sentinel of God. If you're questioning me, you're questioning God. Yeah. I am Gabriel. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a minor nothing. I am Gabriel. Yeah. That must have been so surprising to Gabriel that this human would well, it, doubt. Think, well, and it's interesting because, like we just said, I'm sure maybe later on Zechariah thought about those things, but... He was just told the Messiah is coming, and the first thing he says is, "Yeah, but I'm old." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He didn't. I don't think it dawned on him exactly everything the angel said until afterwards. Yeah. When he could well, he, stop and he think had about to be it. kind of in shock. Yeah. I mean, an angel heard, is. The angel said, "Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son," and I think at that point in time, his brain shut off. Mm. Yeah. So the only he, he got stuck on that you're going to have a son. Thing. Maybe even thought he was dreaming. <coughs> You know, I mean, yeah. he wasn't expecting that. Okay, so, okay, when the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing a pregnancy. You missed a little bit. Oh, you mean, but Just I read, read about, that. But about I, the part that he, okay, he me, won't be speaking. Okay, but because you won't, excuse me, but because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. Excuse me. Meanwhile, the congregation waiting for Zechariah was getting restless, wondering what was keeping him so long in the sanctuary. When he came out and couldn't speak, they knew he'd seen a vision. He continued speechless and had to use sign language with the people. And then this verse, which I had just read. When the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife Elizabeth conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she says. So I just, you know, even um, Elizabeth must have been so proud that her her husband was chosen to go in yeah. to do that. And then, yep. you know, and she might even thought, well, if and this is what life's about, it's okay. There's something special here, too. Um, in Jewish tradition, the way this worked, they tied a rope around his ankle when he went in. And when he went into the Holy of Holies like this, and it says everyone was anticipating and wondering why it was taking him so long. Mm-hmm. If he did something wrong or God did not find the sacrifice um, sufficient, he would be struck dead. That's why the rope around his ankle, so they could pull him back out, pull out the body. So they're out there wondering what's taking so long, because mm-hmm. he's obviously been in there longer than necessary. I'm glad they didn't pull him in the rope. So he's talking to you know, Gabriel here while this is going on. And then he comes outside and he can't speak. And they say, well, he must have a vision because he can't speak. Okay. All right. All those things 
fine. And he tries with sign language to kind of tell them what's going on. But whether he told them about a son or not, I don't know. We don't know exactly what he told them. Yeah. But, yeah, and then they go off. They go home. And Elizabeth becomes pregnant and remains in seclusion for five months. So she goes home, and when she finds out she's pregnant, when she realizes she's pregnant, she stays basically in the house for the next five months. She does not go out. And uh, there's a lot of different reasons that uh, different theologians have given for that, different thoughts. It's not necessarily traditional for that to happen. But I think that she and Zachariah had the opportunity to spend quiet time together during the development of their son, and they took it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So anyway, any thoughts on Start all that? Do you want me to go, keep going? Okay, so now 39? Um, oh, well, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the... I'll just read all this. Are you going to read the Mary thing, too? Yeah, sure, why not? Then we'll understand okay. it, you know. So the next verse... After we hear about her five months in seclusion, so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her, Good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that, but the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God is a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, But how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Highest hover over you. Therefore the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, Yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left left her. Do you want me to do the rest of the next part when she goes? Or no? Let's just hold up on that. Okay. Okay, so here's the same angel. Boy, he had some great jobs to do well he is he is the head messenger the sentinel yeah and these are important people he's talking to and these are mm-hmm. important messages he has to deliver so he goes and does it himself and gabriel tells her don't be afraid same thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they go into it i find it just amazing that this part of the story is so often overlooked when he says even your cousin elizabeth mm-hmm. because that's this that's this part of the story Mm-hmm. Yes, Mary is going to conceive from the Holy by the Holy Spirit. You'd think that'd be enough mm-hmm. to tell her that, but he says, "Don't you know that even your cousin?" And no one apparently knew at this time she'd been in seclusion. Yeah, they hadn't seen her. They but hadn't gotten around. You know what? She'd been out of seclusion for a month. Well, not necessarily. It says she went in seclusion for five months. She was probably pregnant for a month before she. Knew oh, she that's was true. That's true. That's true. So when she found out, when she, you know, when. Traditionally, I'm sure missing a period was the only way to know you were pregnant. Yeah. So she, she was probably, probably a month along one. before she went yeah, into pregnant. Into, and then she realized she was pregnant, went into seclusion. Mary is told. And immediately, Mary packs up and goes to Elizabeth. Yep. And you know, um, 
I know that Mary believed Gabriel because it says, let it be with me just as you say. But I think part of it was Elizabeth uh, being pregnant was just another way, a confirmation. Another validation. Yeah, validation. Another validation. And it was just because it would have been so hard. I mean, nobody before or since has ever had a virgin birth. So she believed him, but it is always good, even when you believe God about whatever you know is going to happen or you just have an assurance about something, it's always good to get confirmation. Like God's saying, yeah, you're right. Here's confirmation. You know, and I, I God doesn't, you know... Well, God, knows, under, God understands the human mind enough yeah. to understand that that would be a hard thing to take in. Yeah. It would be a hard thing to accept. Uh, it would be a really challenging thing for this young girl, especially to accept. Um, and at this time, she... She must not have told her mom or dad. She hadn't told anyone. She just left. Right. I doubt that she told her parents. I doubt they would have believed her if she had told her a young teenager coming to say something like that. Yeah. So instead, she takes off, starting in verse 39 on the NIV here. Okay. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, hmm. and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she claimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Oh, I love that. And I love, and how we even started all this is that, I, I guess I had read all this recently, and I'm like thinking, you know, the very first person, other than Mary, because she knew she was having the Messiah, but Elizabeth recognized that she was carrying the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it never says anywhere in here that, that God told her that. I mean, he must have told her at that time. But prior to that... Filled with the Spirit, she would have Yes, yeah, she was a filled with the Spirit, and she God told him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, here when um, Gabriel's talking to Zechariah, he never says, and Mary's cousin, or Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's cousin, cousin Mary. Mary is going to be the one carrying the Messiah. No. He doesn't give him any details about that. No. And so, yeah, it was totally God speaking to Elizabeth. said, here's your Lord. And again, that's another fulfillment of the prophecy of Gabriel there when he says... He told Zechariah that your son will be filled yes. with the Holy Spirit before birth. Yes. And this is that moment when it happens. Yeah. Well, it, it, does it say before birth or right away? No. Will you tell me what it says? Um, this one says, uh, 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 let's see here. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. Oh, that's that's not what it says in other 15. Translations. It's in 115 or 115. 16. 115. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Oh, yeah. So so he probably was filled the same time oh, obviously. Elizabeth was. He leaped in the womb. He yeah. recognized He recognized Jesus. He heard in the her womb. voice. In the womb, he it, knew who that, is who that was. It is, and it's amazing. Well, but, you know, Gabriel had said that Mary would get pregnant. She would be visited by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was on the other end receiving her when she came mm-hmm. came to them. So, yeah. you know, you know recognizing. That kind of also, this is kind of a tangent, but it's a, a wonderful tangent. And that, that really um, speaks to what the baby inside the womb can hear. Mm-hmm. And who's 
aware of. And mm-hmm. John was six months in the womb at that time, so he still had three months to go. But he could recognize that. And it wasn't just the Holy Spirit. It said the baby leaped. And and so there is, there's a connection. There. It's just amazing. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mentioned about. on Sunday, I just imagine, you know, you get two women together, and when they have a special moment together, two <sighs> pregnant women together oh, they must having have a special moment, so two women, tears. two pregnant women that were, their birth, or that their pregnancies were uh, God-blessed and miraculous, mm-hmm. and they had the chance to talk to each other and spend time in and each other's company. And they loved each other already. That would have been an amazing thing. Um and they were in the position where those two, because like you said, they were both miraculous pregnancies, that they could encourage each other. And Elizabeth, even, I mean, this was her first pregnancy, and um, but she'd been pregnant for six months, so she could even tell Mary things that will happen in your pregnancy. Yeah, and to I, an extent. I, I The similarities here are amazing because, you know, when Elizabeth figures out she's pregnant, she goes into seclusion. Mary is visited by Gabriel, and then she leaves for several months. Um, all of these things are happening with this small group of people. Yeah. And, you know, in my own mind, this is all, I'm sure, told by Mary. Mm-hmm. Because Luke writes this down mm-hmm. way after the fact. So, obviously, yeah, the only person that could have told... Luke, these things would have been Mary. And she mm-hmm. would have told the story of Zechariah and the story of Elizabeth. You know, her, her cousin and her husband and what the, the things that had gone on in their lives, too. Mary would have told this whole story mm-hmm. to Luke. You know the wonderful thing? Luke 1 was probably all An interview Mary. with Mary, yeah. yeah. The neat thing, too, though, is that you see how humble Zechariah is mm. because we hear his doubt. He didn't have to tell Mary about the doubt. No. But he told her the he whole story. He told her, story. this is why I wasn't speaking at the time. Yeah. You know, after the birth, he probably had the opportunity to sit down and say it in very clear and, and yeah. distinct words to his wife and, and, and Mary. Mary. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I just think it's a great thing yeah. to think about. Do you mm-hmm. want me to read some more? Yeah, jump ahead to when um, John is born. Oh. All right. Oh, yes. Okay, the when the birth of John. Okay, Mary stayed mm-hmm. with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. So now, obviously Mary stayed until the birth. She obviously. had to. Because I will say something about um, how the Bible is written. It's not written so much that this happens and then this happens and this happens. They're talking about what Mary did, but that has not, that doesn't mean she left before the baby was born. She no. obviously stayed. She was stayed till the baby yes. was born. Okay, when Elizabeth was from... She, because she's telling the story, and she's telling telling us what happens after the baby's born right here. Well, yeah, yeah. And also, no woman... Because children weren't named on the day of their birth. And no woman is going to be there the whole pregnancy and leave before the baby's born. Yeah. I mean, and, come and on now. Jewish children weren't named until they went right. to the temple seven days in. Right, right. For circumcision. On the eighth day, eighth day, yeah. Right. Okay, when Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and were calling him Zachariah after his father. But his mother intervened, no, he's to be called John. But they said, no one in your family's named that. They used sign language to ask Zachariah what he wanted him named. Asking for a tablet, Zachariah wrote, his name is to be John. 
That took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed surprise. Zachariah's mouth was now open, his tongue loose, and he was talking, praising God. A deep reverential fear settled over the neighborhood, and in all that Judean hill country, people talked about nothing else. Everyone who heard about it took it to heart, wondering what will become of this child. Clearly, God has his hand in this. Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Okay, before you go into yeah. Zechariah's song. All right, so it's a tiny town. It doesn't tell us, um, it doesn't mention to us whether Elizabeth ever came out of seclusion. She may have stayed in the house right up until the baby's birth. We don't know for sure mm, about that. Yeah, maybe. But when she has the baby and everybody's celebrating and all the neighbors and all the relatives and all the other people show up and any small town, mm-hmm. it is the talk of the town. And they're celebrating with her because she finally has a baby. And it's a son. Woohoo! All these wonderful things that they're celebrating. And yet, and then they talk, <clears throat> and they, and all about the name. When Zechariah says his name is John, when he writes that down, then his tongue is free. Mm-hmm. Which I thought is interesting too. Mm-hmm. He has to affirm what Gabriel said. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, mm-hmm. this is my son, and yes, his yeah. name is John. I do so. want to bring back this, okay. what you said about her. It said she was only in seclusion for five months. So, Well, it says she was in seclusion five months before Mary. Relishing her pregnancy. Yes, yeah, so she must have got out. No, it doesn't say that she, she ever left seclusion. Oh, I would think she would. Well, Who but knows? it doesn't say it doesn't one matter. way or another. Yeah. All we know is that at this point in time... There's lots of people. The baby is born in this small town, and that's all that there is to talk about, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is talked about a lot. Yes. And then Zechariah... Go ahead now. Okay. Now Zechariah... Do you want to read it out of the NIV? I've got okay. Yeah, go ahead. Read out the all NIV. All right, so this is in Luke 1, 67 through 79. Uh, they call it Zechariah's song. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says when he first is allowed to speak. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, filled mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So I'm going to continue here in a second, but to start with, Zechariah is announcing yeah. the Messiah. Yes, he is. And Pro- in the house of the servant of his servant David. Yeah. And, and as a Levitical priest, he would have known of all the prophecies, and he yeah. brings that up. Yeah. Just like it was prophesied all the way and swore to Abraham. All these things are falling into place. He tells him that all these things are, are, are happening just mm-hmm. the way he wants. And um, enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Mm-hmm. That was a strange concept. Let me read this last You part. never had the opportunity at this point in time to serve without fear. Yeah. You were bringing your sacrifices, and you were hoping your sacrifices were acceptable to God. Yeah. But you never had a fearless relationship with God. And this is what he's promising. He says he's coming. He says uh, um, he raised up a horn of salvation for yeah. us. So he's talking salvation. Yeah. That's an amazing thing that at this point in time, this is what he's saying. I uh, This next part of the song... 
Seventy-six through seventy-nine. Yeah, um, I'm just picturing Zechariah saying this with tears streaming down his face because he says, and this is back in the message part. And you, my child, he's saying this to his little baby. He must be looking at him. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways, present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins. Through the heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way one foot at a time down the path of peace. The child grew up healthy and spirited. He lived out in the desert till the day he made his prophetic debut in Israel. I just, I mean, it's amazing, you know, just think. He's holding this little boy, baby, who's going to be, who is the prophet of the Most High. And he can hold him in his hands. And he says, you will prepare the way. Yeah. He starts off by saying, praise God that the Redeemer is coming. Amen. And then he says, and you, my child, will prepare the way for me. Mm. What a moment for a father. What a moment for a mother. And unfortunately, like we said, this story is often left out of the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. And yet... It's so important to it. Look at prophecy that's being revealed within nine months. Mm-hmm. Look at the the uh, Holy Spirit manifest in these three people. All three of them were filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Four, actually, if you count John before he was born. Mm-hmm. All these people were filled with the Spirit and, and sharing the message at this time. What an amazing prelude to the actual birth of Christ. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are back. And I'm glad we're back. And um, I'm hoping your Christmas season is going well and that you're thinking about Jesus and all the things you're grateful for. I'm grateful I still have my husband. And uh, I'm grateful we could do this tonight. And Merry Christmas. And hopefully we'll say something tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Next week. God bless everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye.